Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? I'm in Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 109, Real Kiss Alive 8. Oh, God. Sorry. I'm very excited. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, the final in the series. Or is it? This is the definition of ending with a thud <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on one of our on one of the. Actually, this is the original multi-episode series in Shouted Out Loudcast history. The Real Kiss Alive series. The first one was our second episode. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. We had the thought of doing this way back when, and uh, this is the last in the series. Or as I hinted earlier, maybe not. Um, maybe not. Anyway, Tom, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, shoveled out big blizzard up here in the northeast, and uh, we're recording nice and early on a on a Wednesday here. So, uh, yeah, ready to go, here, man. How about you? I know hockey season's fired up here for the Bruins, but not only your team that you're directly involved in. So you got all, that's a that's going to be busy. Yeah, we, I got a game later on. That's why we're recording a little bit early today. Nice. Uh, hockey season's always fun, uh, except this year makes it extremely. Tom, I have to wear a mask. So when I'm coaching, I'm on the ice. I can't see a fucking goddamn thing. With the glasses, like, the fog. Yep. I, I, it's, it's pointless. I'm like, who's that kid over there looking at all these kids? Is that John? No, I'm John. Oh, who's that fucking kid over there? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yep. But anyway, so so be it. It's a small problem in this crazy, crazy pandemic times, as uh, Pandemic Paul will tell you. So that's the least of our worries. And it's also and it's also Super Bowl week, which normally we're we're celebrating this as Patriots fans. But we're living a little bit vicariously through the Buccaneers because we got Brady and Gronk. Now, excuse me, vicariously. That's a big word to use on the show. So maybe look it up if you're not sure what that means. Right. Right. <laughs> so uh other than that, we're all trying to survive. We had some a little bit of snow this week. Oh, I got some responses for my text to the, some of the kids. This year we got more kids than we needed, and I can't make cuts. So I had to tell kids who's playing and who's not. So I love doing that. Hey, uh, you're not playing today. Uh I'll see you work hard. I'll see you next practice. Okay, coach. Uh, God bless you, babe. <laughs> okay 
You gotta fucking tell kids, yeah, you're not dressing. Stay home. <laughs> well, you said cuts. Do you mean coal cuts? Yeah, last name cuts. K K U T Z cuts. Italian fella. <laughs> you want to speak to a man by the name of Cole Cuts? <laughs> I want to speak to a man named Hal. How'd you like a kick? Did you like a kick? Yeah. Hey, how'd you like a kick? That's what I want. Anyway, right, here we go. Tom, let's uh let's uh give a quick shout out to our Patreon fans. I was gonna move on and then boom, two minutes ago. Our good friend, Mr. Steve, I believe that's Steve Vargo, um, just uh, joined Patreon. So quick shout out to Steve. Steve's been uh, a great listener and follower of ours online, social media for quite some time. Steve, thank you for uh, joining our Patreon family. Much appreciated. And uh, Patreon's out there for anybody that's interested. You can find us on the app, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can uh, patreon.com and or finally you can find it on the episode notes. If you find wherever way you download this episode, it's in the notes. If you want to become a, a member of our Patreon group, there's some stuff that we do for you guys. There's some fun activities. Uh, it's a great little fun group. If you're interested, come and join. Have, join the fun. Absolutely. Steve, thank you, buddy. Steve, uh, Steve Vargo. Big fan of the show, big fan of Kiss, rock, metal in general. Um, and he's got a Facebook page other than his personal page that he shared on our Loudcasters Facebook page. Uh, it's called Kiss Phantom Photo Archive. And if you love Kiss and those classic photos and who doesn't, um, check out that Facebook page. But he also posts a lot of stuff to the Loudcasters page. So big shout out to Steve um, and big shout out to all the Patreon members. We we appreciate it very much. Yeah. And uh, so... Moving on, Tom, uh, we usually start by going to last week's episode. Uh, how, how did we do last week? All right. So last week we covered the. Uh, all right. All right. Booger. Last week we covered the MTV appearance from September 18th, 1983 with the unmasking of the band. Um, we had a lot of fun talking about that. A lot of trips down memory lane for a lot of people. Uh, maybe not me and Zeus because we really don't remember it, but. Um, as usual, we do a poll episode related, and uh, this this question was, which album was the best time to take the makeup off? And uh, 37% said Lick It Up was the right time. 25% said Creatures. 23% said Unmasked. And 15% said Never. Ooh. <laughs> and a couple comments. Our buddy Stuart H., can you imagine the shit they would have gotten if they had taken the makeup off and then brought out an album called Creatures of the Night? It's a good point. Creatures of the Night just is a is a makeup title album. Um, our buddy Lance, it would have made sense to do it during Unmask, but they were still somewhat relevant at that time. Unmasking was at a time when no one cared about the band. As you said on the show, they had to do it when they did it. Um, our buddy Zim said the most visually creative band decides to remove what made them special only to become an average band during the MTV heyday. He bring, that, that brings up a good point. I was thinking that MTV is when all of a sudden it allowed bands to become visual. And I know that bands kiss isn't going to continue their career based on MTV, but you know, we had that video for, I love it loud, which was awesome. Yep. And they, they did make some awesome 80s videos. I mean, let's be honest. But who knows if they kept the makeup on what more they could have done. I don't know. Twisted Kister. 
It's a little bit unbelievable that Bill Coin didn't tell them or make them save Unmasked as an album title until later. It's kind of true. And then uh, a new follower we have here called Vet Halen says it would have made sense. Either unmask when you release an album with that name or do it when you have two new members. Easy to say in hindsight, though, they were a little desperate at that time. And then our buddy Zandon, I wouldn't have changed it. I think after The Elder, it was the right move to hit with creatures to test the waters. Lick It Up was the right time to salvage the band and create some interest. But I think the music was the main aspect of reinventing Kiss. Lee Bruton, Lick It Up for sure. Kiss needed to get back. Although Creatures was not a success, it brought Kiss back as a heavy metal act that the band could rebuild on. Great show as always. You have me in stitches. Ooh, all right. Thank you, Lee. And then our buddy Sonny Pooney, not a burner account here, but the real Sonny Pooney says, if it happens on Creatures of the Night, that album would have been much bigger. Also, maybe it allows Bruce to join earlier, and Vinny is just a songwriter. Maybe Vinny keeps the relationship more civil throughout the 80s and the 90s, since he is just a songwriter. Does that make deeper and deeper a Kiss song? Oh, dude, And then I said, all systems go is spectacular. Listen to that. We reviewed that. That's deeper and deeper. It's brutal. Brutal. And then our good friend, Vincent Roman Maroney. You lousy corksuckers. You have violated my Fargan rights. This Samanambatching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice holes like yourselves. He had some great comments. Now, now, Vincent Maroney, if you're listening, obviously we're, we're teasing you. Your comments are always very insightful. Um, he says, as much as it pains me, uh, the Creatures of the Night cover is one of the coolest and wouldn't have worked as well without makeup. I also agree that Kiss would have been better off to go from Ace to Bruce. However, there's a flip side to that revisionist history. Consider that with Lick It Up as their first non-makeup album, Animalize was the first recorded without having to hide, which allowed Gene to run off for Hollywood in movies like Runaway. Would he have done that sooner if he could? The other option is never. Would Kiss have resurged without removing the makeup? In today's day and age, they would have been no hiding their real faces on the internet. But perhaps the 80s would have been different if Kiss had never unmasked. Interesting. And then we had a couple comments about Deeper and Deeper. Me and Tony from Restraint jumped in and were just saying, oh, that's a horrible song. <laughs> uh, Party Man said, I like to speculate about how things would have been if they never unmasked. And then he says, remember those pictures of the dog and the hawk? Ooh, the hawk. <laughs> Shivo Hellboy says, I think Lick It Up was the perfect moment to take the makeup off. It was a powerful album with a different and incredible sound and energy. Our buddy Steve, they should have they should have used the unmasked name and tied it all in with doing it. Would have been a bigger impact, but only if Ace and Peter had a contract to stay for a few more years. Yeah, we got a lot of comments here about the un- unmasked album title and how silly it was, but eh, what are you going to do? John Gross says, Lick It Up, that's when they needed the bump. Our buddy Moving On, also known as uh, John from Boston. I'm glad they took the makeup off. It's just part of history. It's made their 80s period unique and the 96 reunion tour a true event. For me, I take it all in and look back at all periods with fondness. And then Alessandro Rourke, the music changed after The Elder. Creatures could easily be a non-makeup sounding album. Yeah, agree with that. A lot of people think that Creatures and Lick It Up are sister albums because they sound alike. Um, Obviously, Vinny influences all over both of them. So that was good. And then we'll just get into some episode specific tweets from the episode post. Um, our buddy, Joel Hoffman. I Googled that day in history. Kiss were mentioned 
as well as Billy Joel. The Saints beat the Bears in their first overtime win in Hardcastle and McCormick premieres. <laughs> that was an awesome show. I'll tell you right now, it was a great show. And then, uh, and then Joel continues, pretty huge day. He, I was 14. Uh, I think it re-aired the next day. Uh, otherwise, I was probably sleeping. <laughs> uh, Scott Wheeler, I was glued to the TV for this when it happened live. Mark Ain't John. The Sonny Pooney burner account alarm. He says, when I watched it live, all I could think of was put the masks back on. All four of you are ugly. <laughs> okay. Um, our buddy Nige. Jay from the Hook Rocks. I remember watching this. Our buddy Nige. I was too young to catch this at the time. Gene looked so nervous, which was surely a shock to fans who had only known him as the fire-breathing demon. <laughs> Eric looked like Arnold from different strokes with you. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> <laughs> Fun episode, guys. Thanks for the shout out. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Steve had a couple more comments talking about the oh when when they when the curtain drops the band plays lick it up live yeah we didn't get to see any of that stuff uh, Lance was saying he was too young to see it live didn't have, see it on MTV um, he says it was great to get a viewpoint from you guys who didn't remember it live uh, he says as for the table that they used the other table was being used by a fired guitar player who was avoiding a recording session for a poker game <laughs> okay. Uh, then he, I like this, which was more shocking, what the members looked like without makeup or the fact that MTV played music at one time. Oh, yeah, there's a whole generation out there that doesn't understand that. Zandon said, you lucky people in the USA, we didn't have any of this broadcast here, and I didn't get to see it until maybe 10 years later on a grainy, hazy, bootleg VHS compilation. Deuce, I watched the show live and remember thinking that seeing Paul and Gene without makeup was really anticlimactic. The show lacked energy, had little or no fanfare, was nothing like the kiss I grew up with. I appreciate it now, but back then I was disappointed. Very easy to be disappointed. DG from Tennessee. I remember watching the replay the next day after school. It gave them a much needed shot in the arm. They were really low on my radar before this. I think it was the right move at the right time and set them up for success in the 80s. Then <laughs> Buddy Murph. I agree it was odd to broadcast this on a Sunday night. Do you think it beat out the George Michael sports machine in the Nielsen ratings? <laughs> oh, that was great. Todd Herrig, seeing J.J. Jackson's tongue, I'm guessing he didn't have any issues with the ladies. Oh, boy. Thanks for noticing that, Todd. Mr. Weir, the day the world realized that the makeup wasn't a gimmick, they really needed it. Ouch. I love it louder. Tremendous shout out, fellas. Great episode, but around the 11 minute to the end mark, it kicks up a notch. I had never heard the descriptions of the unmasking from MTV and the others at that time. Good stuff. Gene looked very comfortable. Yeah, I and mean, that's when we were reading the quotes from Greg Prado's awesome book, Take It Off, Kiss Truly Unmasked. Great stuff. Lee Bruton was talking about some of the books he was reading by Julian Gill, the Odyssey book about the elder, which I have, which was great. Um, they talked about how they were going to remove the makeup for that tour, and they never did. Um, so great comments. We appreciate that, as always, from Twitter. Zeus, I know you got some Facebook stuff. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, um, my friend. On our Loudcasters group. BB from Potter Than Hell states, All right. I never knew Sonny Pooney's tongue was so wide. Oh, brutal. <laughs> Apparently, he does. He does have the hairdo. JJ <laughs> does have that Sonny Pooney helmet hairdo. In I, don't know if, I don't know if Pooney can rock those tight jeans with the boot with the cowboy boots, though. Now that I'm looking at it, he's absolutely correct. Look how long and thin jeans is. 
he's got like a fucking cow tongue, Sonny, uh, Sonny Pooney. <laughs> JJ Pooney. His fucking <laughs> jeans are hiked all the way up to his nipples, though. Oh. Anyway, Matt Wallace on our Facebook account. Paul Stanley's got to be the most awkward person. Everything he says is so stupid. <laughs> can you ever can you ever just talk like a normal human? I love that. That, that whole un- yeah, that whole unveiling on MTV was so blah when it happened. And then Paul's I don't want to say retarded, not politically correct way of saying things, way of talking made it even more awkward. And then he dressed like he wants a telephone pole up his poop chute. Peter always claimed that he stuffed his big old tube socks down the front of his pants so it looks like he had a pecker. (laughs) I'd be willing to bet this is one of those occasions. Oh, my God. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) Matt Wallace again. Zeus, I also have the Japanese killer CD that includes Shandy. You're not the only kid on the block, a cool kid on the block, buddy. You're about as cool as molten lava. Just kidding. What the hell's hell's going on here? I don't know. I got a just kidding. You rule. I don't know. Maybe it's a burner pony Facebook account. I don't know. I don't think you could call me and talk to me like that. I mean, I don't think you talk to me like that. Well, maybe he'll stop work tomorrow. Yeah, I've got to hire him first, guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to upset you. Jack Pinocchio. I remember seeing this maybe on YouTube or Kissology. I think Kiss had to do this and nothing would have changed. I think the only band that couldn't do this kind of thing is Slipknot. I'm not a fan. You couldn't see them unmasked playing what they do. Kiss changed with the times. And to me, it worked. That's funny. I was actually going to bring up Slipknot last week when we were talking about bands that could do this. But he's right. The whole uh, Slipknot could never be unmasked. That, that's part of the show. Yeah. Plus, they suck. Yeah, I don't listen to him, so I have no idea. Exactly. So, <laughs> Kevin Jepsen, I never saw this until the early 80s. Yeah, no shit, buddy. That's because that's when he came out. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you got to be mean to our buddy Jepsen? Kevin, go after Zeus. But it always made me feel uncomfortable, LOL. They just seem uncomfortable or something is off. But saying that, I believe this is very important in history. It's great. Our band has so many different eras and looks that we can go back and look and make fun of. <laughs> That's true. Woldsack Zenfeld. I, I guess that's a Polish Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know who that oh. is. I could never understand that Creatures of the Night sold so poorly. It's such a good album. Ray Farrow. Wow. Paul is the worst man mole toe 
eye of her in those pink pants looks painful. I think he's talking about a moose knuckle that Paul has in those in those pants. <laughs> it does look like one of his nuts literally got split in half. Totally. Graham Richley. The fact didn't, that Eric didn't say a word is so sad. The interviewer should have asked him a question specifically to include him, unless previously told not to. Ooh. That wouldn't surprise that wouldn't surprise me if he was given instructions to just sit there. Stephen Wood, I watched the Kissology footage of the Brazil show before the unmasking and the Portugal footage afterwards. My first thought was, damn, I would have loved to have seen them live with Eric and Vinny. That tank was killer. Second mm. thought was, Gene looked like he didn't know what to do up there post-makeup. He was obviously trying hard, but hadn't yet found his post-makeup groove. That's true. Yeah. Rosalie Berte put an, uh, an epic picture up. Brad Rustoven, Paul had no business poking fun at Vinny's red shirt, easy on the pink, purple, skin-tight pants, and red belt. Damn. Good point. Julian James, surprised he didn't sell the album in a sealed brown paper bag and make that the first way you see them, and you had to buy the record. But I guess no one really gave a, a toss by that point. Another great episode, dudes. That's a great idea. That would have been pretty cool. The album is covered, then you take it off and you see what they look like. Especially at that, especially at that time, you could have pulled that off because there was no social media, there was no Twitter, so it it would be a surprise. How about this? You have an album of you know a painting, an awesome picture of them, and you would have Vinny and the Ankh Warrior stuff. Eric again on the cover with the fox, and then you pull off the sleeve, and then it's them without the makeup. How cool would that have been? Because then you're getting a makeup, non-makeup on one album. In retrospect, it's amazing they didn't come up with something creative like that. Yeah. Yeah, that would have worked. Yep. Uh, So that's it from Facebook. Over on YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) Chuck Hoskins. Great episode. Although this was a huge event at the time for Kiss fans, it's just not something I watch over and over. But very glad I have it on Kissology. Yeah, I agree. It's nothing. It's not a, like a repetitive, like it was funny or a great performance. Right. It's just so historic that you love to have it. Anthony Stratus. Great episode, guys. I look back at this MTV Unmasked segment with a tinge of sadness, sort of like watching your favorite team that was always winning and finish on the top right before your eyes become cellar dwellers with champion players walking out the door and bringing in younger rookies and starting from the bottom again. And so goes your New England Patriots of 2020. Took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I thought he was describing. (laughs) Marty White. I have it on very good authority that the real reason the Vinster didn't sign his contract had everything to do with the makeup. As it goes, fans were horrified by Vinny's natural appearance that Paul and Gene added a clause that would require Vinny to put his makeup back on. (laughs) God. And then for some reason, somebody named Terry Coleman wrote first. Now, I don't know if he's saying I'm the first to comment or something. What is, that a, is that like a Murph YouTube burner account? Murph loves being first on the live streams. I'm first. I'm here. Hi, guys. Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play soccer in high school. And there was a 
the backup goalie th- had a little bit of lift. You'd go keeper when the ball come to the goalie. It was just, oh, it was just, and then everybody on the everyone on the sidelines of the team would go keeper. <laughs> keep, keep, please keep going. <laughs> so, keeper Peter. <laughs> yeah, it's similar to that, Peter. And that is uh, YouTube. Uh, Tom, that's what I got. But right. let's um, take a little skip, hop, and a jump over to our emails. What we got there, and uh, take a look at uh, are those emails. We got some uh, electronic uh, correspondence we're going to read today for you. Correspondence. Uh, what do we got there? First one we got is Kevin Carithers. <laughs> Just started listening and having and have been binging on. Your show for a couple weeks now Loving The album reviews Plus the bonus episodes With that piece of shit Pooney Sonny Pooney what a piece of shit that guy is (laughs) Nothing is better However than hearing two Fucking Yankees Losing their shit over Stewart and Pandemic Paul Keep up the great work and keep me coming. Oh no, who's it who's it from? Read it. Signed Peter North. <laughs> There's a lot to unfold in that email right there, but thank you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Let's go to Costa Vucinas. You might want to do the cliff notes on this email because we love long emails. Unless you want to read the whole thing, go for it. It's a good one. And my favorite part of this email is that we get a big orange notice from Gmail warning us about the emailer. (laughs) (laughs) That it might be some spam or something. Well, anyways, Costa writes, hey, Tom and Zeus, decided to catch up on the last four episodes. It's been COVID busy for me these couple of weeks. I usually listen to the shows in the car or a walk around the neighborhood. But this evening, since it's bloody cold outside. Parked myself on the recliner with the headphones in place while wife watched those Brit series on Netflix. Just finished 107. And she wanted to know what the hell made me laugh out loud. And why was there a smirk on my face? When I said we now have Salty Simmons joining (laughs) Pandemic Paul, she gave me a look like, oh, not another kiss story. Yeah. Heard you read Deuce's email about the podcast. And he said, exactly. What I've been thinking about ever since I first heard your Detroit Rock City movie episode. <laughs> By the way, off uh, jump to jump off of this. Thank God this that's your reaction. It wasn't the director's reaction of hearing the episode. <laughs> um, you guys have managed to bring back Kiss, the music, the band, the history to us, the fans. Your show allows us to go back in time, like the summer of '77. Wow. While eight years old and first hearing the machine gun drums of Love Gun blasting from the turntable, minutes after my older brother and his buddies picked up that album at the record store, to the winter of 83, when the best brother anyone could hope for brought this 13-year-old punk sibling to the Montreal Forum to see the Creature Show with all of his 20-year-old friends and had him sitting on his shoulder for 90 minutes so that he could see Gene personify evil incarnate 
from Orchestra Streets, 13 row, 13 row, in case anyone asked. Heard the ease in my ear for a week, but it was worth it as it was the grade eight, and I had was and I had just seen Kiss. Your show also brought me back to the LPs of the mid-80s, early 90s. And because of you, I've listened to all the songs, including some for the first time and loving them. So many years after they were released. While listening to the third song episode, I realized that as you guys counted down the cho- your choices, I was feeling the same anticipation before the song started playing that I had 40 years ago when my brother let me be the first one to listen to his Maxell XL2 or TDK cassettes. Yes. Just finished with his own choice and sequence of songs with a title like SSIK Mix. Nice. Sick Mix. Yes, I used to call things sick too, Kiss Backwards. Have loved the band since the mid-70s, and I've seen them 10 times, including a drive to Albany through a blizzard. But the Shout It Out Loudcast podcast, especially the friendly banter between you guys and your guests, have really made me appreciate the music as well as the memories of growing up with Kiss. Thanks for the dedication and commitment you put into the show, especially during this crazy year of COVID. By the way, my wife, who is Italian, and my two boys, who act more Italian than Greek, Die of laughter, laughter, <laughs> die of laughter every time they hear the Greek tune. Dude, I'm going to revoke your Greek license by you calling the theme to Zorba the Greek, the Greek tune. What the fuck is that? How the fuck do you not know what that is? Maybe he does. He's just being general. Be nice to your fellow Grecian, for God's sakes. He's the only one you have. No, there's Anthony Stratakis. Stratus. Whatever the fuck you call him. (laughs) The Stratus. (laughs) (laughs) The Greek tune. Motherfucker. That's from Mikis Theodorakis. Anyway, signed by Costa. And for a reason for the reason why I'm not nice to him. I know. Go Habs go since 76. And Cowboys fan since 78. Only been 25 plus years. First of all, is that a positive thing? <laughs> the Habs can go eat a dick. I fucking hate Montreal. The Canadians are the, like, all rivals are in sports. That's why I love, we all love Boston sports here. Oh, yeah. We feel Boston has the number one rivalry in every sport. Whether it be the Patriots versus the Jets. Right? Yep. Or it's the the Celtics versus the Lakers. Yep. Obviously the Red Sox and the Yankees. And then Bruins Canadians. But the Bruins and Canadians have the number one rivalry because not only are they always dreaded rivals, there's fights involved. Legendary. Like they settle their shit. They don't just be like, oh, I don't like that guy. Yeah, I don't like that guy. And I also punched him in the face. Yeah, that's not that. That's not just a on the ice. <laughs> uh, it, it, like, and, and we've me and you have we've been to Bruins. Well, we've been to Sox Yankees playoff games. Like, that's a dangerous place to be at Fenway Park or a Sox Yankees playoff game. 
the Canadians fans that come to the Bruins game know better. Absolutely. Same they, thing they, with Yankees fans, although the Yankees fans are cocky, like Joey Casada. They walk into <laughs> Fenway with a Derek Jeter jersey. Yeah, the uh, Canadians fans, now mind you, I've had season tickets since 01. Yeah. Any playoff series, and believe me, they've beat us many of times in the garden. They'll get up if they score, and all of a sudden, all the fans sit down. It's quiet. And you have you see like you know a couple hundred because they travel well. Will stand up and clap amongst yep. us seventeen thousand seven hundred sixty five at the Garden, and then they'll just look around to see like is anybody threatening us and sit right down. Yep. Oh yeah. It's never like yeah fuck yeah. It's not. It's just like stand up, clap politely, and then sit back down and like look to see if they're gonna get punched in the face. Yep. But. Montreal Bruins, the Canadians and the Bruins, not only have a rivalry of sports, they have a rivalry of styles. Like the big, bad, rough Bruins versus Mm -hmm. the flying Frenchmen with, you know, class and play finesse kind of game. Then you have the two countries. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, you have two languages. Usually Montreal had the French Canadians too, not just the other Canadians outside of Montreal in Quebec area that play for Bruins and all the else. It is a fucking rivalry of all rivalries. Now that I'm off that tirade, Costa, thank you so much. The email was fantastic and congratulations. You are the email commenter of the week. Costa, thank you, buddy. That's a great email. I love hearing people's memories like of growing up with Kiss and uh, thank you for that and thank you for the kind words about the show. Awesome stuff. We love it. Yeah, and that's the great part about it, Tom. I would say that that they get what we get. They see, like, when we talk about this and the memories it brings back and we share this stuff, they get the flashbacks. They yep. remember when they got the kiss cards. Well, they remember opening up the gatefold to Kiss Alive 2 for the first time. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about this show, and that's the thing about following Kiss. No other band can, can kind of give you that feeling. That's None. Nobody yeah. can. Nope. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> Tom, my last email that I will read will be from Mike H. Hi, gentlemen. Recently discovered your podcast. I like it. I sent this to you. Now, who do you we- believe Mike H is? That's our buddy Mike Shue who is formerly of the now dead WAAF Boston rock station and also fellow Pantheon podcast member. He has a Neil Young podcast. Long may you young. If you're a Neil Young fan, check him out. Mike Shoe's a hilarious guy. That's him because nobody else would write an email like that. (laughs) I like it. I sent this to you. (laughs) My favorite is if you open up the email, Mike H, it says pinworm420. That's how you know it's Mike, because it says something about 420 in it. <laughs> Pinworm. <laughs> anyway. All uh, right. Tom, you got the last couple ones you want to read, right? Got a couple couple more here. Yeah, some great ones. We love the emails because it gives people a, a, a time to really put their thoughts down here. So this is from Jack Edwards Sawyers. Not Jack Edwards with the <laughs> piss teeth he talks about the Bruins. <laughs> now, I have a friend. You know my friend Emily. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's very yeah, she's smoking. Oh, she's yeah. she became she's friends with Jack Edwards. And sometimes before the games, she'd be like, hey, I'm, do you want to meet up with Jack beforehand? I talked to he would. Dude, you got to get close up with him. He's pissed teeth. God, God bless him. Nice enough, man. 
but he's got some major piss teeth. Look, we've talked about picket fence teeth before. Jack Edwards has the piss teeth. Yeah. It's like he's been gargling piss before he went on the air. This guy, he, he ain't using fucking, uh, what is that, polydent for your dentures or whatever the fuck he's using. He ain't, he ain't using it. But anyways... So this is so this is from Jack Edward Sawyer's and the the title of the email is Eric Carr inside the tail of the fox. So he says, "Hey guys, just want to drop a quick email. I heard your review of the Eric Carr DVD on YouTube and you guys are great. It was funny and spot on. I just want to give you some background on that pod project." So apparently he was involved in this cuz he he continues, "We didn't have a budget to put that together and we were all doing it out of our love for our friend Eric Carr's memory." I've worked on many music video projects for many artists and also with Kiss on many projects before Eric passed away and also after he passed away. The Revenge music videos, Extreme Close-Up, Confidential, and Kiss My Ass video, and some stuff with Carnival of Souls that we never got to shoot. Eric was a friend of mine, and I had known him since the mid-80s. The last project I worked on with him in Kiss was the God Gave Rock and Roll to You video, which he appears in, but didn't play drums on the track that night. It was a lot of fun, unfortunately, we his last with Kiss. The idea of Tale of the, Tale of the Fox came about when I was talking to his sister on the phone about something she was doing for his memorial, and we decided to do the documentary. And yes, we did get some strife from Gene Simmons about it, LOL. But in the end, legally, there was nothing he could do, and I could have pushed the envelope further with Kiss stuff, but I didn't want it to get in the way of making a positive video of Eric's memory. Wow. Jack, awesome story. Thank you for the email. Thank you for the DVD and thank you for your work on that DVD. We enjoyed it and we appreciate the work that you put into that to honor Eric. That that's great. Thank you, Jack. That's a great email. Yeah, yep. you might be hearing more from Jack too in the future. Absolutely. And Loretta. That that's right. Uh our buddy Angelo Capasso. Hi guys. Man, your last episode brought back memories. I was a high school freshman in September 83, hiding the fact that I was still a Kiss fan. But sadly, I'm not sure how big of a fan I really was because I really thought Vinnie Vincent was ace. Plus, being a huge Peter fan, I was torn because I really wanted to see the four originals unmasked. Kids today don't have a clue how hard it was to be up to date with your favorite band without the Internet. Today, it's just a click away. Back then, I would tear through every magazine possible to get a glimpse of my favorite band. Oddly, I feel the new generation will never get the experience and excitement you got when we finally found a little treasure pertaining to Kiss. I wish I held on to all those treasures, but you guys weekly bring me back to my early teens and the feelings I used to get listening and watching kiss in my basement. I get a reminder of that feeling every Saturday with shout it out Loudcast. Thanks guys. You want the best then listen to shout it out Loudcast. Angela. Wow. Thanks buddy. That's terrific. That awesome. Thank Love you. That. Angelo. Love that. Then we got one from our buddy fat man on guitar. Also known <laughs> as Alan from Twitter. He says first, to clear up a few things for my last email. Yes, I am at fat man on guitar. I realized after I sent last week's email that I hadn't tied that together. Sorry about that. And I opened with jagoffs because fuckos seemed a tad rude. <laughs> okay, thanks. As for my list, I stopped the podcast before you laid down the rules just so I didn't know what rules you were laying down so I can include compilations, but only new tracks and live albums. And I can do that because it's not my show. Fair point. For the unmasking, I'm more than old enough to remember when this happened. I didn't see it live. I don't remember if I knew it was happening or not, but I don't think we had cable at my house then. You know how people say that they live out in the boonies or out in the sticks? Well, we lived a few miles beyond that. Seriously, out there. I'm pretty sure I saw the pictures in the newspaper first. 
Not what I'd expected. Gene and Paul look pretty uncomfortable in their own skin. Outside of MTV, I don't think it got much play on TV. Maybe Entertainment Tonight, or I think Evening Magazine was still around, but there wasn't much else. What I do remember from a couple of years before it is that Peter Chris didn't reveal his face right away after leaving Kiss. No idea if that was a contractual thing or what. There's some local footage on Kissology, but there was also an interview in People Magazine that hit his face. Lastly, I'll say thanks for the third track episode. And maybe go back and listen to some things I haven't heard in a while. And while playing around over the weekend, I found See You Tonight coming out of my fingers out of nowhere. Seriously, I'd never learned to play it, but there it was. I love when that happens. Woo, Alan, we love when that happens, too. That's awesome, buddy. Thank you. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, I love when people say that they picked up on a song that they haven't been listening to or didn't realize, you know what? This isn't that bad. It happens. It happens to us. I was just going to say it happens to us all the time. Yep. We say it. We say this consistently that after we did that early episode of smashes, thrashes and shit, and we've gone through so many albums over and over and reviewed so much that there's no way that would be the same. Some of those songs on that list. I like exactly. It's crazy. But that was um, my memory before we started the podcast. Same with yours. That's what we thought about those songs. Yep, exactly. So last email here coming from David Clark says, Hey, shout it out loudcast crew. As always, the kiss unmasking episode was great. Brought back great memories. I had gotten away from kiss at the time. I was 16 and had listened to kiss nonstop since 77, but was into other bands by 83. I grew up in the Midwest, no cable TV at my house, no internet, obviously. So I had heard that Kiss was going to take their makeup off, but didn't really think too much about it and had no way to see it happen live. Fast forward to a few days later, and I was in the local mall. It was 1983, after all. And I saw Lick It Up in the display window of Musicland Records, the Midwest answer to Sam Goody. Actually, we had Musiclands over here in the East Coast. Yeah, we did. And it was so blown away by the cover of the band without the makeup that I bought it on the spot, even though I hadn't heard any of the music. Listening to Exciter, Not for the Innocent, Young and Wasted, all great stuff that really reignited my love of Kiss. In my opinion, taking the makeup off in 83 was a brilliant move that reached out to kids like me who had grown up on them, but had gotten away from some of the cheesy theatrics. This was the beginning of what I call Kiss Mach 2, see the Spinal Tap reference, and I had a major resurgence as a Kiss fan, buying pretty much everything that came along from Lick It Up On. Anyway, thanks for the continued great work on the podcast, hands down the best podcast out there, Kiss or otherwise. I appreciate the laughs, great memories and discussion, feels like hanging out with buddies more than just a podcast. Thanks much. An Indiana Loudcast fan, David C. David, fantastic email. Thank you so much for the kind words and for sharing the memories. Again, I love these emails where people share memories. It's awesome. Absolutely. Tom, this is, uh, we talk about it. We always promote the end of the show, our Twitter, Facebook, but I always repeat the emails because we love getting emails. We love getting emails. (laughs) Anyway, that's awesome. Thank you so much, David. Appreciate it. Yep. Great stuff. 617 422. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are we doing next? Okay. Tom, usually we after this, we go right into Kiss World. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Yeah. Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. What's going on? All right. So... Band-wise, nothing. The band members are pretty quiet, laying low. Nothing really big with them. But there was... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got? I mean, I know it's not news, but I I still get a chuckle. I get a little chuckle. This is Silly's Pizza? (laughs) You're going to make me laugh? You get a little chuckle? When Gene, like, still gets into these (laughs) fights with people on Twitter. Dude. But it's like, it's so, like, Gene-like. Yeah. And I find it funny. No, I didn't say that. You said that. <laughs> I don't he's, believe he's, that. And we'll repeat the person's name in his answer. Yeah. No, poops my pants too much. That is not true. Uh, no, I just picked a booger. That is uh, not what I said. <laughs> I will say he has a very, he's very gifted at involving himself with Twitter people when it comes to politics without, without sounding like a dick. Like, and I don't know if it, he, he's, he's, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's when Paul does it, Paul's very, <laughs> Gene is just like, like you said, that's not what I said. Pull my finger 2.0. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good point. Mom farted in the car. <laughs> you love how he repeats the person's awful Twitter handle. And then he'll and then he'll be like, thanks for the tweet. I'm now blocking you. Yeah. Like, okay, thanks. 
I'm like, Gene, you have like, you know, half a million Twitter followers or a million Twitter followers, and you're like blocking some guy that has like 39 Twitter followers. Like, who cares? <laughs> I just find it humorous. Oh, me, like, me too. <laughs> he's just on there far arguing with people, fighting with people and stupid shit. But oh. anyway, you were going to say, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, there's not, not a lot of like band specific news, but there is something that got people kind of all a little bit, uh, little bit excited there was a thing on 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 twitter.com that somebody noticed called it's under music pre-orders and it's called kiss off the soundboard there's no picture there's no description they're offering a cd pre-order and a vinyl pre-order and the vine the price of the vinyl pre-order is like 55 bucks which is making people think it's a double lp or or a dvd lp whatever so we're recording this on wednesday so today there were some rumors going around on multiple sources on Twitter and Facebook. And I don't, I honestly don't believe this, but for some reason, people think that this is, so here's the thing, Target, there are major retailers are starting to get involved in the bootleg game, which is very interesting to me. So there are people out there, reliable sources. I'm not going to name names because I don't want you guys going after them. And if you follow Kiss, you've probably seen it. They're saying that this might be from the 2001 farewell tour that had Ace that had Ace and Eric Singer. And to make it even more specific, I've seen three people reference a show from Tokyo in March of 2001. I have no idea where people are getting this information from. But with Kiss rumors, when you start to see and hear things more than once, but I can't wrap my, uh, it, it can't be an official release because why would Kiss release something official with Ace on it? But even, even if it's not official, it just seems weird. So until we, until we get a definite answer on what's going on here, you're going to continue to hear more rumors. So as of right now, February 3rd, Wednesday, these are the rumors we're hearing. Zeus, what do you think about the rumors? What do you think it could be? Um, I have no idea. It's probably uh, a remake of uh, a new compilation of songs. Uh, I heard Paul recently talk about like that, you know, as people, people aren't aware of it. They don't own their, a lot of the catalog. So the record company puts these compilations and stuff out and they don't have a choice on that. So the reason, the re- the reason I think it's something bootleggish is because it says off the soundboard and I, I have a couple of bootleg vinyls and most of the bootleg vinyls that you get are, they refer to them as soundboard recordings or radio broadcast recordings, because that's mm-hmm. how they, kinda, that's, how, that's how they kind of steal them, quote unquote, bootleg them. Mm-hmm. So with this being called off the soundboard, that's why I think it's, it, it, it must be some kind of live thing. I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting. Um, it, it comes out in, um, I think it's a pre-order for March 19th. So you got about six weeks until it comes out. Um, and hopefully by then Target will update their website. Now, that being said, I'm not seeing this anywhere else but Target. So it's not on Amazon, Walmart, Sound of Vinyl, or anything like that. Uh, so KISS fans will keep their eyes open for what's going on with that. Other than that, the only other KISS thing that we saw, Zeus, was you had brought up that video about Evan Stanley, Paul's son. Mm-hmm. Do- doing the cover of a uh, Maroon 5 song. The video was interesting because it has Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking Bad. The video is kind of weird. Um, look, I don't like Maroon 5, but I will say this. I think Evan's got a pretty cool voice. 
he looks good in the video. He's got a little bit of a show presence. It's probably not something I would listen to or watch again, but I did see it scrolling through social media. So, you know, that's, that's good to see Evan doing something cool. His voice is pretty good. You could tell, like you said, it's a little auto-tuned, but eh, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's not my cup of tea, but it wasn't something I'm like, oh, turn this shit off. Right. And uh, obviously using that little bit of a connection that he's got, all of a sudden he's got Brian Cranston, who obviously has a connection with Kiss because he was in the movie with Gene and Paul. Yep. And why him? I think that's what it was called. Why him? Yes. Right. Yep. But Evan has got that hairdo, like the fucking great kazoo hairdo <laughs> yep. from the Flintstones. Right. Yep. But I like his voice. He can sing. Yeah. I just, I'm like, dude, why are you doing a Maroon 5 cover? It's, don't do that. But anyways. Yeah. But not to be confused with the great Gamir. But nobody wants to be confused with that guy. Bob <laughs> Gamir. No good. So Bob Gamir used to be a local sportscaster. And then like regular, like he did the sports on, on the weekends. And then yeah. all of a sudden he got caught where he got like, I think he got like knifed and stabbed behind the alley of Fenway park by like a transvestite. Something fucked up happened to him. And then next you, Yeah. Next thing you know, he's off the air and he's in every Boston Herald newspaper in the back of the sports page call the great Gamir for your sports betting uh bets remember yes i do murph yes. used to always bring up the great Gamir. yeah and then he got and, and then then he was then he had sexual harassment charges and then the then the bomb then the the, the bomb really went off in 2008 when he was convicted of being a child pornographer <laughs> So it was like it, fucking it great went all, it, it went all downhill from the great Gamir, Bob Gamir. The guy went so, from being a great sportscaster to getting stabbed and being a child rapist. It's like Jesus Christ, Bob. It's not a good career path you're taking there, buddy. I think he got career lessons from Steve Petty. <laughs> oh God. Steve Cornell, our favorite. But Murph loves the Greek Amir, so I had to bring him up. Well, Murph loves the Greek Amir because of his what he did in sports. That's all he loves. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Murph used to cruise Fenway Park with the Greek Amir. Hey, let's go check the alleys in the West in the uh, back bay. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing here? We're here, to, we're here to fill in the box scores for the Sox games. Hey, hey eighth inning. They're winning. Let's take off. Let's hit down Lansdowne Street. See what's going on behind Bill's Bar. <laughs> anyway all anyway. right so that's it for kiss news but we do have a bit of exciting shouted out loudcast news oh yeah go ahead tom that's so the floor. we've been talking about this for a long time well i have been yeah more recently zeus had it on his kissmas wish list now right. two years in a row two years in a row now this this proves that wishes do come true because it is official, it is confirmed, we are both going on the KISS cruise. It's happening. Absolutely. So we also might have another little, uh, little bit of information that might be coming down the pipe too about that. But for now, I convinced Tom to go. So thank God he's coming. I think the uh, the Bruce and uh, Chris uh, off the air chiding uh, Tom 
about not being on the cruise and uh, Tom doing a little bit of that. What the fuck am I doing? And uh, convince him to come on board. And so I don't know about you, Tom. I, I said to you earlier, I think it's our early 50th birthday present to ourselves, us on the kiss cruise together with all you guys. So whoever's going to be on there, make sure we'll run into each other, have some drinks, throw a couple people overboard, fucking tie Vinnie Vincent up to a, to one of those banana boats and drag them along the pier. Like you get eaten by the fishes. Maybe sign up for our Patreon account and we'll have special Patreon kiss cruise events. (laughs) You know, maybe like a, you know, a fucking little, uh, you know, banana boat fucking dick swinging contest off the side of the boat or something. Who knows? <laughs> Who can store the most piss cups on the cruise? Put it this way. You will know that we are on the boat. You will know that we're there. Right. So that's exciting. Needless are, to say, very yeah. exciting. And a big shout out to my wonderful wife for, I had a long conversation and she was like, you got to go on this. She's like, it's your podcast. It's Kiss. It's Zeus. Bruce, Bruce, and Jericho are going to be there. She's like, you got to go. I'm like, all right, man. I love it. There you go. Yep. We are pumped. Yep. So that's it for uh, the news. Actually, that's it for talking about anything positive on this episode because now we actually have to get to the topic. Oh, (laughs) Oh. Zeus. That's out of line. This is out of line. Yeah. So, as you guys may know, we've talked about this several times already in this episode. We are on the last version of the Real Kiss Alive series. What is that? Well, the Real Kiss Alive series is us imagining what uh, Kiss Alive 3 should have been. If they followed the the formula of the first three albums, then Kiss Alive. The next three albums, Kiss Alive 2. Well, we started doing it. Okay. Well, we cheated a little bit on Kiss Alive. What would have been the real Kiss Alive 3? We said, how about if the real Kiss Alive 3 is the second side of Kiss Alive, those songs, the solo albums, and Dynasty. And we made a concert out of those albums. Well, Kiss Alive 4, The Elder Unmasked, in the songs from Killers, five creatures lick it up, animalize. Six Asylum, Crazy Nights, two songs from Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. Seven Hot in the Shade, Revenge, and Carnival of Souls. And now we're at the final one. Eight Tom. This is made up of Psycho Circus. He's <laughs> got Tom shaking his head. Sonic Boom. And monster, we are doing a 15 song set list from Psycho Circus, Sonic Boom, and Monster. Each doing 15 songs. We always do, you know, the first 12, last three encores, and then a couple honor, honor, uh, honorable mentions. Wow, Tom, yeah. what do you what do you think? Well, so this is different because I know for all the other ones we've done a 15 song set list. I, I for this I just made a single. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, but it, it, look, we love these kinds of episodes because this is when we have fun and uh, the real Kiss Alive. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, it's 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 the original series in Shout It Out Loudcast history. So uh, it comes to a close, or does it? 
who knows if we get creative with extending this somehow, some way, but yeah. So, and like Zeus said, we create the set list, you know, opener encore, you know, if, if Gene does his blood or the, you know, whatever. So we'll see what happens here. So coming up with an album from those three, I can tell you it's, I found it difficult. I don't know what you're going to say because you couldn't find good song. The fact is they didn't have many singles. They didn't have anything that was like, oh, those are classics. That is a class. That has to be it. So what I found is you have a bunch of songs that are like, okay, well, how do you narrow it down? I will get into my philosophy and how I came into this, but I want to kind of, because if I tell you now, then you guys will get that uh, some of my picks prior to announcing them. And I don't want to do that. No, I agree. So you're right. First of all, the albums aren't great. I mean, I'm sure people like them, whatever, but you're right. Not a lot of singles here for me. And I'm sure Zeus had, you know, for me, finding an opener and a closer, that was a little bit easier, but finding a flow to this, it was, it, it was difficult because Sonic boom had like, you know, one true hit or release. There's a couple other songs on there. Psycho circus had one really monster one but again, we're diehards. We're doing this. We know you're listening. You're diehard, so you can do this with us. But this was a little bit more challenging for, for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, so for us, we usually start this with we describe our concert. The thing is, technically, and this is how we it, it worked out with, you know, when we started doing, oh, uh, let's do side two of a live two. Oh, let's do this as smash as thrashing is. It worked out by going by threes because the last, the previous real live were all non makeup. The last three are makeup. Mm -hmm. So this has got a makeup concept. And I know Jericho doesn't want to hear it. I'm going to get yelled at, but I create this live album using separate lineups. It's Mm -hmm. not a concert filmed at Tiger Stadium. Right. In, uh, you know, 2010, this is different, you know, live performances. Uh, a lot of different bands have done that. They've taken because they have different singers, different things. Like Rainbow had one like that. They use different sets. It's not using uh, the same singer on all the live cuts. So I've got different lineups. That's what made this thing interesting for me. I believe last time, Tom, you let off. So I'm going to lead off today. Okay. Okay, you ready to start this thing? I I am. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So opening up my set list in my concert um, is...
a song that I I just had to do it because it made sense, but I fucking hate it. We all know I hate it, but it makes sense to open it up, and that's Psycho Circus. That opens up my concert. Me too. It has to. And look, I've uh, I think it's a good opener. I I like the song. You hate it I, because you hate the chorus. I think it's got energy as an opener. I think it was written to be an opener. I've seen. I saw the Psycho Circus tour when they opened with it. So I think it has. I think it has power as an opener. And I guess you could look at it on the bright side, Zeus. If you look at it this way, for you, you got it out of the way. It's first. It's gone. Yeah, I'm going to be late to the show. <laughs> right. So right. I'm okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I, come on, you complain. I'll, I'll just go just from the last episode. Never mind anything else. The last episode you didn't like. Not episode, but album. You don't like Danger. You don't like Keep Me Coming. Because you don't like the choruses. This right. chorus sucks. When I'll get to another part of this this uh, concert, and I'll explain to you the difference between... This is Paul... Like This sticks out because I expect more from Paul as being weak. So I expect a better chorus than Psycho Circus. Everyone knows I can't stand this song. So that's my opening... Is it sounds like it's your opening? Yep. Anything else? No, but you brought up a good point about danger and um, what was it? Keep me coming. And after we did the review, I said, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the songs because of the choruses, but I like the songs. I think the verses, the solo aspect, but the to me, the, a bad chorus sinks a song. And I and I understand what you're saying. This is a bad chorus. What I the only part I like from this is that kind of prelude to the guitar solo. Because it's the it's the theme that pops up at the end of the album, which is the long outro from Journey of a Thousand Years. Yeah. I love that thematic scene that starts from Psycho Circus and ends at Journey of a Thousand Years. Yep. Um, so Psycho Circus opens up. Well, for me, okay, I had to pick this. I'll pick another one that's kind of my second opener. And this that is... I'm going with modern day Delilah as my number two. Ah, okay. All right. So for me, I stuck with the powerful one, two punch, you know, right now they do Detroit rock city deuce, you know, on a live two, they did Detroit rock city, King of the nighttime world. They love the one, two punch. So for me, I was going to save this for maybe an encore or a little bit. What's number one. What do you mean? What's number one? Well, you said it's a one, two punch. You have to have a good number one. Oh, shut your mouth. So I was going to save this for an encore, but I figured you go in from Psycho Circus right into Hella Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
the same thing with me. You know why? Because the opener sucks. <laughs> so you got to get something good. I did the same thing. Tom. Okay. But see, I don't think Psycho Circus sucks. That's the difference. But I understand what you're saying. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's underwhelming. <laughs> Open up with something else. You know what reminds me of? Were you with me when we went to that Def Leppard concert where they opened up with like a fucking new single off their new album? Terrible. Yep. Like, Terrible. What, what, what the fuck song is this? It was like I, a really popish, beyond popish song. I have never like, seen a crowd lose their excitement quicker than opening your show with a new song off your new album. And it was it was a slow like mid tempo popish like like doobie 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 snapping fingers song and like everybody was literally looking around like what is happening right now <laughs> yeah and then, I think they went into let it go right after and everyone's like oh so now the show's starting exactly yep that's what I yep. feel like this is yep. but that's a great tune of course we're gonna have these first four song I mean our first four picks definitely gonna be on there right yep. it makes sense yep this is when it gets tough this is getting rough. <laughs> She was looking good. <laughs> Number three, Tom. Oh, by the way, after modern day Delilah, Paul's got to do his breakdown. How you doing, people? And all 12 people like, we're excited for this show. <laughs> this song sucks. <laughs> well, how you doing, people? All of a sudden you get, oh, yeah. And they go over to the demon and he sings. And there was light. At the dawn of creation, there was. 
Din, 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 din. I like it. Din, 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 din. Back to the Stone Age. Dude, oh. that, that is unbelievable. That is also my third song. <laughs> I can't be- I cannot believe that. That's crazy. Wow. Yep, because I, two songs opening up with Paul singing, then you get then you kind of go right into the demon and get like an energetic, powerful song. And I love Back to the Stone Age. I think it's I I think so yep. and that cheesy din 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 din. I like it. <laughs> I like, I wait for it. I, I can't, I, I'm like, oh, it's my favorite part. Hold on, shut, turn everything down. I want to hear this. I like it. It's, it's awesome. awesome. It's so G. Yeah. yeah it's per- yep. That, yep. It works. It works. Yeah. So I go to Paul, right to uh, Gene on the third track. Okay. That's how it works for me. Okay. Oh, Tom, this is where, <laughs> this is where it gets like, what are you doing? Literally, I, I texted you earlier in the week. I'm like, dude, I'm throwing darts right now to make this set list. I'm just like, I feel like I, I want to tell you what I'm doing. But if I do, I, I, I'm i throwing it all away. So I have to wait till the end to defend right. myself. Okay, I got you. Number four. I am a sucker for Paul and Gene duo duets. Oh, didn't. goes on number four let me tell you right now we talk up in the past about bathroom break songs this is a bathroom break concert like as cheesy as it may sound tom i love these lyrics i love i i i I, it moves me it's a good buddy song or if it's a female you're talking about support song the lyrics are great actually they're not cheesy they're not like i'll make you feel glad when you're with me, you won't be so sad. Like, they're not that. They actually make sense. And it's a good pick-me-up song, a friend song. And I can't I can't tell you how much I love the back and forth between Paul and Gene vocals. And they do something that that is like cliche moves each of them does. Before the, each verse picks up and they pick up their verse, first Gene does the... Oh yeah! And he goes into his mind. And then when he goes to Paul to do his lyric, he goes, ooh! That's so stupid. 
And one of the things I, I got to kind of preface this by because we do that all the time on the show, and they yeah. probably have no idea where this comes from. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Where's that come from, guys? That comes from NWA's "Just Don't Bite It." Yeah, here it comes. Ooh, shit! God damn! Ooh, shit! Wait till I tell the fellas how you suck this dick. Hey, matter of fact, I want you to suck Drake dick. Then I want you to suck yellow dick. You already suck Rand dick. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Now lick my balls. Lick my balls. Ooh. Damn, shit, you biting it and shit. That's you suck on it. You biting. Ooh. Stay, stay tuned for the NWA bonus episode album review. Ooh, god damn. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> Anyways, Paul does the ooh, I, I love it. And then the other great parts are the, you know, after Gene does his sing, Paul jumps in with that background vocal that he says, "What does he say? When you need me, I can't hit that note. Brutal. I, I don't. No one needs you. <laughs> I need this song. Right. Stand is number four for me." All right, so for me, I'm going to stick with back-to-back Demon songs. I love this song. I think it's a fun song, and it's got some Gene-isms in it, and it's... From Sonic Boom, it's Yes, I Know, Nobody's Perfect. And the reason, I love the chorus. I love the chorus. Nobody's perfect. Maybe I come awfully close. But my favorite part of this song. Maybe take off your clothes. He goes, maybe it's time to take off your clothes. He goes, take them off, babe. (laughs) (laughs) That is. I love that. That is the Teddy Pendergrass, Eddie Murphy. You got, you got, you got what I need. (laughs) But it's not just Eddie Murphy. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer does a thing on Teddy Pennegrass, and he's like, and he's like, Teddy will talk to you. You don't take off, turn off the lights. And Teddy will holler back at you if you're not listening. I said, turn off the lights. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) Eddie Murphy's like women throwing their panties on the stage at Teddy. (laughs) But I love that. Take him off, babe. But I like the song, but it's perfect. It's perfect. It's not a bad fun. song. Yeah, it's perfect. It's fun, Gene. It's fun, Gene. So yeah, it's just. Do you know why I have a problem with it? And I'm going to throw it out there, Tom. It's a too much of a throwback to the show. Which oh, Family Jewels. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. No, you're right. 
You're right. And so I'm thinking it's like, oh, it's part of marketing. How do I get that in there? Yeah. And just like the devil is me. God. You know. All right. It's I know. just uh, number five. Number five, Paul does his, you know, preaching to the crowd, waving which side is louder, then pointing oh. and then pointing. Yep. And we're at like Paul's getting tired stage. So he's only doing it once. He's not doing yeah. it five times yep. like he used to do. And then he says that he's going to turn the microphone over to Tommy Thayer when the lightning strikes. <laughs> I got to get a Tommy song in. So I will say this now because this is the first time. There are some songs I may have picked over these, but because they have so many variety of singers on these three albums, I wanted to get the members of the band represented. Okay, that's fair. So I got to get a Tommy song there. I was I was very tempted for a couple other songs at this spot, but because everyone's going to get a shot and there's not as many Paul songs on this, I gave this one to Tommy when the lightning strikes number five. I like that song. I, I think both of Tommy's songs are pretty good. I, I like his voice. So yeah, that's not bad. All right. So for five, for me, we go back to Paul and looking over my set list. I actually don't mind it now that I'm kind of looking at it in full. One of the few songs that, kind of stands out for me on monster not you know we we did our monster album review not a big fan of the album but this song's pretty good and that's I, that's long way down at number five <laughs> Yeah. 
I like the I I kind of like the, the the melody of it. I think Paul sounds decent. I like the the chorus is kind of creative. So I think that I think that could be a good song live. So long way down from Monster at number five. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the song that much, okay. Tom. Okay, it's not a Kiss type song. It's kind of the whole album isn't. But yeah, yeah. it's like rocking kind of a song, but it's not hooky. Yeah, uh, crunch. It just. Uh, it just, I don't know, it's not very kiss like. Oh, I got you. I, I, um, I know. I so, up to number six, Tom, I'm going to go right over to. glory i like this song better than all for the love of rock and roll so all for the glory is more of a rocking song and i feel like this is where he'll do a drum solo both of those are (laughs) nobody wants to hear either of those (laughs) (laughs) this is too this is like normal eric by the way yeah true this isn't you know, Corona, Corona 30, Eric. Sleepy Eric. Yeah, this isn't oh, fat face Eric Singer like that fucking Twitter follower we have. Eater Chris. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So six for me. The lights go down low. You hear a little bit of bass.
and then it's Gene with Within. And this is where he starts off with the blood. You know, he does his blood. This is this is the demon song. One of the few standout tracks for me, and I use the term standout loosely, but one of the few songs I, I like on uh, on Psycho Circus. I think it's a pretty good Gene song. The chorus is fucking awesome. I think the verses are kind of lazy, but I think the chorus for Within is great. So that's the Gene song with the blood. That's the demon song for the show. Yeah, by the way, I fucked up. Okay. Um, Back to the Stone Age had the, I know it's early in the set, but that's the only one I could think of. He does the fire. Okay. All right. Okay. So I should have mentioned that earlier. All for the glory drum solo. Then number seven for me. song that you love i don't know why you love it so much but you love this song and that is the duet take me down below between paul and gene that song is fucking awesome that song is that's the only thing that keeps monster from being completely and totally unlistenable that's a great song yeah that take me down below and they better move because she's already wet tom that's the kind of stuff you want from Kiss. Silliness, hooky melodies, sing-along chorus. I like it. I like it. And uh, all right. So if I forgot to say, for Within, so that was that was the Demon song. So that's the blood and the fire. That's the whole shebang with that He's one. He's doing song. it all in one song? Doing the whole thing. And you'll find, I'll tell you why later. Yeah. All right. So, so number seven for me, we're going to give it back to Paul. So we just had the blood, the demon, the within. Now we're going to get into a song a little bit more catchy. Uh, and that is Say Yeah.
always like this song i know it doesn't translate great live we've said that before on the end of the road tour but i i like the song a lot great song i don't know why you keep saying that it doesn't translate live i think it does i don't like I think, it live. I, I like the I yeah yeah say yeah and then the crowd will go yeah yeah of course, yeah but i think when it gets to the verses i think it's kind of a i don't think it's i don't think it's a good live song i like it i like the song i just don't think it's a good live but i don't know yeah, after Take Me Down Below, Paul does the old We're Just Getting Started speech. Uh, yep. <laughs> We're just getting started. Okay, number eight. to take me down below all of a sudden the real spaceman shows up for into the void along with guitar solo where ace shoots some spaceships wow so you're really just making up shit here two spaceman songs <laughs> i like it i like it well, hey it's behind it behind the scenes they get into a fist like hey get over here i'm gonna fucking punch your lights out if you fucking wear that costume again because Wait a minute, where, where the fuck am I? How you play that song again? Cold Gin, how's that go? It'll be like the scene in Phantom of the Park when Black Ace fights the real Ace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Into the uh, Void guitar solo, number eight. All right, so number eight for me is is Take Me Down Below. I threw it right in the middle of the set list. Love that song, because Say Yeah, Say Yeah is a good song, but it's kind of a down tempo song i think take me down below could get everybody kind of amped up again sing along in that chorus i love it i love it at this point in my song number nine paul is already pissed off that that so many other people singing and not him yep okay so paul then comes in and he sings this song number nine 
and Tom's favorite freak. Oh God. You know what though? I'm thinking as that song is really terrible, but <laughs> maybe live he could do something with it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, some songs live there's they get new life. I don't know. Maybe something can, I don't know. I'm just wishful thinking. Cause I hate saying bad things okay. about kiss. So I wanted to make a point of this. So you talk about cycle circus and then I'll tell you about freak. What's you know, you know, the chorus in freak. Yeah. I got streaks in my hair. Yeah. It sounds like another song. me and stare. Yeah. And not, and I don't care. I'm a freak. Yeah. That's a Paul Stanley chorus. Not I'm in the side. That's a lazy. That's a lazy man's chorus. That is not a Paul rhyme chorus. Back to the rhyme chorus. It's it's different. That's why I like Freak. That is a typical Paul chorus and is a very, very um, unique Paul Stanley chorus on Monster. Because long way down and and other shit like that don't match that. See, that's an yeah. interesting point because melodically the chorus to freak is good, but lyrically it's it's just painful. It's you just don't a- like it because you're like Paul's trying to be Avril Lavigne and be like, I'm a punk. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like and that's not that's we talked about this when we did the monster review. A lot of those songs are just not kiss songs. That's why Take Me Down Below and Back to the Stone Age stick out think- so much because have they're seen- fun songs. Okay. But have you seen some of our followers? Have you seen some of the people on the kiss message boards? Have yeah. you seen some of the people on those toxic Facebook groups? Yeah, but there's some freaks kiss, in there. I, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. There's but when I think of freaks, when I think of kiss, I don't think of them writing songs about that. It's just not, it, that's well, just they not. They do write songs about being the outsider and fighting for what you believe in. Yeah, but Jesus not being, like, not, not being, I'm a freak. People laugh at me and stare. I'm a freak like that. Come on. That's, that, that's, that's a little too much. My parents think I'm lazy. And they hate the things I do. Yeah. I'm stupid and I'm lazy. Man, if they knew, what's the difference? Because that song's upbeat. That's like a rebel song. My parents think I'm, you know, well, this is a rebel song. I'm a freak. They're owning it. They're saying I'm different. I don't give a fuck that people are staring. I'm a freak. He's not saying like, ooh, I'm a freak. I don't want to show you. I got a, I'm a little bit fat in the ass. Like. I don't look that appetizing, though. I'm a little fat in the ass. You know, he- I'm a flaming youth. Oh, I'm a freak in a flaming youth. I got all kinds of problems over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I don't think he's coming at it with that kind of uh, way. I, I think he's coming at it like, yeah, I'm owning it. Yeah, I'm a freak. I he's got pretty- streaks in my hair. I got this and this and that. He's pretty much pulling a, uh, I'm a nerd. I'm pretty <laughs> proud of it. <laughs> You know, there's more of us than there are of you. Yeah, he's got news for the beautiful people out there. Whether you think you're a nerd, why don't you just come on down here and join us? We got news for the beautiful people. Hold it, coach. Hold it right there. Boom, 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 And then the 85 bears show up. And all of a sudden, it's fucking Eric Dickinson and Walter Payton in their prime walking. It's like, bow, 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 bow. And Mike Singletary, remember we had the we had the Those, whole lineup. We, they literally looked like the friggin' Bears. Even uh, yes, people, we know Eric Dickerson didn't play for the Bears. It's part yeah. of the joke. The, the Lambda Lambda football crew at the end of Revenge of the Nerds. So good. They looked like they were thirty five years old. <laughs> Hold it, Coach. Hold it right there. <laughs> this is some good shit. 
Oh God. <laughs> All right. What are we back to me? Number nine. So yes. you are, you already had this. So I get the, I get ACE, the spaceman. I'm not going to say the real spaceman. Cause I don't want to piss people off, but it's the real spaceman. Um, and they're doing into the void. And this is when he does his whole shooting, shooting the guitar, smoking the guitar, all that shit. So into the void at number nine, which I think is a great song. Musically. It's a great song. Lyrically. It's a frigging laughable mess, but that's okay. Okay. So into the void for you, guitar solo. Yep. Okay. Yep. So number 10 to me, Tom, number 10 to me is a duplicate. And that is within, and this is when Gene does blood and stuff. Okay. Love the song. I wonder how what the drums. I think it's Kevin Valentine on the drums on this. I, I wonder so. Ken the fucking Hammer, Greg Valentine, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Who, by the way, Greg the Hammer Valentine. If you ever look at old wrestling, he looks like the least. Like all those guys are on steroids. He doesn't even look like he'd be a tough guy. He looked like a kind of a chubby fat guy who's about five foot eight. How the fuck yeah. is he the, the hammer Valentine? <laughs> Fucking no definition on him whatsoever. Yeah, he's, he's like no the hammer. worst, worst shaped wrestler I've ever seen. Yeah, he's no hammer. <laughs> Please, yeah. hammer, don't hurt me. Yeah. But anyways, uh, drums in that song would probably make it pretty cool live in the oh, chorus and yeah. the thing back and the fans probably raising their fist and going nuts to this. Yep. yep. In my opinion. Uh, so number 10, we're going to... St- uh, we're going to be on uh, Sonic Boom And I love this song This might be my favorite song on the album I was going to put it into the encore But I kind of put it near the, bo- the near the end of the, the Bass set list And that is I love it. I think that is cheesy, corny Paul lyrics. The double entendre there. I love it. Always like this song. Oh, the song sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> this song is horrible. Are you serious? It is not horrible. Oh my god. How is this, this horrible? This is this is this is what freak is to you. Dangerous is to me. It's not good. It is so stupid. Oh, sorry, freak. <laughs> This song is stupid. First of all, it's Kiss. Everything they do is stupid. What, what does he go first? Danger you, danger us, danger. 
no, no. Was it danger me, danger you, danger us? Yes, it's awesome. Oh, that is just fucking horrible. It is not horrible. Shame on you. That is horrible lyrics. Danger you, danger. First of all, let's let's look at the lyrics right here. Two parts trouble, double (laughs) double down tough. Danger you, danger me, danger us. That's fucking horrible. Well, maybe the next one is better. It says two pots trouble, ready, steady, rough. <laughs> what does that remind you of? Rough boy. Check out our winger bonus episode if you want to know oh, where that comes from. Maybe you won't. <laughs> Shut your mouth. All Go right. Ahead. Number 11 to me. Tom, we're getting towards the end. All right. Thank God. I want us to pick it up. <laughs> So I'm going to go with number a duplicate here, Hell or Hallelujah. All right. It's a good song. Yeah. That, that, that's a good That'll song. That'll give I'll us give some it. energy. Yeah. Um, okay. So number 11 for me, also off of Monster. One of the songs that I like, I'm not going to call it a standout track, but I kind of like the vibe of this song and I kind of like the chorus and that is Shout Mercy. <laughs> too many monster songs already <laughs> are you aware of the albums we were picking from Come, the, 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 sele, the sele, as gene simmons would say the selections are not inviting okay <laughs> this well, is this sure look hot tonight this is like going to like an expired buffet where the food <laughs> is all shitty <laughs> all right so I am closing my set list, closing everything up with Fuck up! 
raise your glasses. Yes, so did I. I did the same thing. Yes. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great it's a great song. Raise great glasses. Powerful sing-along chorus. I like it. Yeah, it's a kind of a hero saying goodbye where yep. we conquered you with some shitty songs. <laughs> Raise your glasses. You survived this terrible concert. <laughs> I survived COVID 2020. I survived Real Kiss Alive 8. <laughs> Raise your glasses. You survived this shitty concert. Raise you survived. You survived. Stand freak. Shout mercy. Beat <laughs> your ass. Why don't you give yourself a round of applause? You're beautiful. You've been a dynamite audience. We can't believe you stayed here the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, in the face. Oh man. Say joy. Joy. <laughs> All right. All right. So what did you have what'd you open your encore with? <laughs> you, you thought we were done yet. Oh man, Tom. <laughs> I haven't I'm not yet through punishing my crowd. This is why I knew this would be a fun episode. Everybody comes back. This is 96. Oh boy. The phone cell phones. No, this is 98. Yeah. Right? This is 98. Right? <laughs> Cell phones, eh. The lighters come up. Oh, no. So many people tried to help me on my way. So little time and there's still so much left to say There's no explaining all the things that I've been through But I finally found my way to you I finally found my way The day is ending and the night begins to fall Sometimes I wonder if I make it back at all I gave up everything I had and never knew But I finally found my way Chris, oh, you did not put this in the set list. I finally, dude, Whoa. I have a chance to put Peter in my set list. I have to. Everybody has to be represented. So I have Paul, Gene, 
Ace, Peter, Tommy, and Eric, I have six members of Kiss singing on my set list. Yeah, I finally I- found a way to torture my fans even more. You, yeah, you got a way to get every band member to sing, but half of it is fucking brutal. Oh, yeah. I finally found my way is the opening. He comes out. Maybe somebody sits at a piano. He sits on the stage. People give him flowers and he just sits in and sings the song. And then somebody in the front row comes out with one of those gong show fucking <laughs> hooks. Yeah, with the case pulls, pulls him off the stage. <laughs> All right. So my, my encore opens up with a song that I was going to maybe have as an opener, but I thought it would open up the encore. And that is the powerful modern day Delilah. Talk like that. about Paul Stanley. Yep. Fucking lyrics. Love that song. So I will I will agree with you. So this is the thing that I, I say all the time about Paul and hooks and melody and things like that. At the end, his last two albums, I know the albums, whatever people might say, not all the way solid. He can still what I would think is a classic, which they never they never put them in their set list. So they can't be classics because they're fucking whatever. But he still did Modern Day Delilah. He still did Hello Hallelujah. Listen to the callback vocals in the chorus of Hello Hallelujah. Down, down. You know I don't, and down. Oh my. We've, we've said this a million times. I don't understand how those two songs are not on the end of the road set list. He can sing them. Even if he needs help from Tommy or Eric, those are two of their good recent songs. I don't get that. Listen, I, I, I can't tell you how fucking great those are Paul Stanley uh, callback chorus yes. vocals. Read. Lay down, stay down, oh, stay awesome. now. Gene in the background screaming that back as Paul singing his line. Yep. Fucking awesome. Modern day Delilah, same thing. Those two songs are fucking should be in the set list. They're fuck they're a great song. So I still look at it as even at their last two albums. They put songs that I consider would be Kiss classics. I love those two songs. I agree. Modern and I don't, Delilah and Hello Hallelujah, fantastic songs. And you would think, and Paul being, you know, the band themselves, but Paul especially, Paul being, you know, I mean, he's a rock star, so of course he's a narcissist, but those are his songs. He wrote those. Why would you not want to push those and try to make them a classic like he does with Psycho Circus? Because those are better than Psycho Circus. Not only that, too, the other part to this is, I think Tommy's playing on that, oh, those two awesome. songs are fantastic. Dude, the solo on Modern Day Delight is fucking awesome. Oh, I love that solo. Love yep. it. Yep. The only other guitar that I love just as much is Stan Tom. I love the solo and in the, in the outro. Oh, he does such a great job on that. Um, oh. Anyways, song 14. I got three encore. Song 14 for me is the aforementioned Say Yeah. Wow. Okay. So song 14 for me, this was, this was difficult for me because I wanted to get another Gene song in here, but I also know that in the middle of their encore, they liked, so the, the encore started with modern day Delilah and then I had my closer. And I know that they like to throw something in the middle, whether it's Beth or whatever. I don't like this song at all. I know you do. And it's, you a, Gene, do. And it's a Gene song and it's, it's, it's slower paced. Maybe it will translate well in the middle of the encore here, but that's Journey of a Thousand Years.
see, I, I, okay. Go ahead. I love, I like the song. I, I did really it do. pretty much because it's, it's a slow song in the middle of an encore and it's a gene song. I don't like it, but I like it a lot. I think it would be a nice little outro the way the band just kind of performs there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I can't be the last song. No, I think it goes on and it's, um, I think it's really pretty cool there. Okay. I think we might have so, the same, I think we might have the same ending. No, we definitely don't have the same ending. Fuck. You're going to tell me that you don't even have this song on your set list at all. You know what my ending is. Go okay, ahead. So why don't you know? So mine's more surprise. Go ahead. We know what yours is going to be. But look, I, I'm proud to say that I think three out of the last four shouted out loudcast episodes, I have been able to talk about how awesome this song is. <laughs> <laughs> and it, which means three out of the last four episodes, I'm going to get the are you on crack accusation. And my song, my set list closes with. The same thing it closed with the Charlie Benanti and Jericho draft. And that is, I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. Awesome song would be a spectacular closer. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear what your set list is going to land with a thud. Go ahead. I love that song. Oh, I can't believe how many times you have that song in because it's awesome. Last few, last few episodes. Cause it shows Holy up. Shit. I love that. It keeps getting shown up. I love it. Go ahead. Anyways, my closing set list is unique. I had a theme to my set list. This is something I would want to see. This All is right. a concert. I would like to walk away with a burn the CD down <laughs> and burn the set. Burn the whole thing down. Okay. Burn the CD as the concert finishes. And that is Tom.
wanted the best. I got the best. So you wanted the best. You got it. I want all four members of Kiss, the original four, ending my Kiss concert. That's my song number four. The all last right. close song. Here's what I'll say about that. I think it's a great pick. I think it's a great pick because that's why all, I did it. That's I think you got you got. I don't like the song, but I think in a live setting, if they closed with that, all four band members singing, I think it's a great closer. I think it's got high energy. I just, I'm not a fan of the song, but I think it's a great pick on your part. Now, in reality, if they had the all four guys, I wish what they would do and originally, just like they did in rock and roll all night at the unplugged, I wish all four members would have a, well, Paul really doesn't, but I wish the other two would jump in on those verses on rock and roll all night. Like yes. they did an unplug. I think yep. that would be great. Peter. Yep. Uh, but going back to this and plus you get the additional ace to be able to sing live. If you thought he fucked it up on the studio version, imagine what cause oh. it's not your place would sound oh. like live. Be great. <laughs> I think, I think it's a, I think it's a great closer. Uh, I, so, I'll give you that. So yeah. I got, you wanted the best. You have, I pledge allegiance. Yep. Tom, you want to read your set list? I will do that. Yes. So we open up with Psycho Circus. Then we got Hello Hallelujah, Back to the Stone Age. Yes, I know nobody's perfect. Long way down, within, say yeah, take me down below, into the void, danger us, shout mercy, raise your glasses, modern day Delilah, journey of a thousand years. I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. Looking at this and reading it all out, it's not it's not bad because to me it's like it's the best of what's there. So I don't think it's terrible. I'm kind of I'm pleased with this with the way I put it together. I, if I went to a show and saw this, I would tolerate it. I guess that's the best I could I say. I would rather see this than if we had two shows for End of the Road. I would rather one regular End of the Road in this than two End of the Roads. Oh fuck yeah, absolutely! I want something different to hear yes. these songs played. I once. agree. Yeah, so no, I agree. Mine opens with Psycho Circus, Modern Day Delilah, Back to the Stone Age. Uh, fire, Gene does fire. Stand when lightning strikes, all for the glory. Drum solo, take me down below. Paul, we're just getting started. Into the void, guitar solo. Freak within, Gene does blood. Hello, hallelujah. Raise your glasses. Finally found my way. Say, yeah, you wanted the best confetti. Go fuck home. Nice. Now, okay. We always do three honorable mentions for this episode. Yep. What are your honorable mentions? <sighs> This was not easy because there's not there's not a lot to choose from here. You want me to uh, tell you mine first, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. So mine was pretty easy. I, one of them was Journey of a Thousand Years. I was thinking about that might be a closer kind of uh, before the maybe right at where Raise Your Glasses goes, like kind of there. They fade out, but then they yep. come back. It's not going to end on that note. Uh, the other one was Right Here, Right Now. I like that song. Uh, it's a little different. It's a little peppy. Yep. Popish there. Yep. And then I would rather, because I think it's one of their better songs, but I just couldn't fit it in here out of this world. I'd rather hear another Tommy song I love than that some song. of the other songs. I, 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 Tommy's songs are great. And I mean that. I like them. So, okay. Let's go to your honorable mentions. All right. So, my honorable mentions, I think this song would be fun live. And we make fun of it because it's poison, nothing but a good time. But that's never enough off of uh, Sonic Boom. I about that. Yep. I like that. And then I like uh, you had When Lightning Strikes. Um, I oh. like that. I didn't I didn't put that on there. And then after that, uh, I, I, you're going to you're going to you're going to kill me. 
you can you're gonna you're gonna love this. To me, the song is fun once you get past that embarrassingly horrible intro. Eat your heart out, baby. (laughs) I think once the song gets going, it's I I like it. But obviously, it's it's not. Look, I'm picking scrap, dude. Well, I'm like a dog picking scraps off of the kiss table. Exactly. Oh. Oh. Dude, but if if Sharon lets her backbone slip, someone's calling a, the, an ambulance. Don't you want to hear that live version of Gene with his bass going? <laughs> so the one thing I want to say in, in kind of closing the theme to mine, Thomas. Look, I had an opportunity to put a, a a Tommy song, an Eric song, a Peter song, an A song, a song by all four of them. I had to pick these songs. I, and then obviously I have to put Psycho Circus and this is the only one that's still being played. Yep. Uh, then I had like three or four songs that I kind of like. I didn't have much of a selection. So I, if I if I wasn't going by everyone's got to have a song, I would take the Eric song out of there. And if I didn't have to play that many Paul songs, I would get rid of or just go by what people like in Psycho Circus. I'd get that out of there and put like out of this world in there. Or Journey of a Thousand Years somewhere in here as well. But I like these songs. I I, I do. Yeah, I, I probably... The Eric songs are just so unlistenable to me. I know that, selfishly speaking, this is my own set list. So I think what you did was good. You gave everybody a chance to sing, including your closer, with with You Wanted the Best. But, you know, looking at this set list, I I took probably my the best of of the slim pickings here for me. I picked the songs that I enjoy the most and tried to make a set list out of it. And looking at it, I don't think it's that bad. I, I don't think it's that bad for my taste. Tom, you only put three members to sing songs of the six. You didn't take any Tommy songs. No, you didn't take any. Well, obviously there's only one Peter. You took one ace song. Yeah. The, uh, the, P, the Peter song was never going to make it. And the Eric songs were never going to make it. I was yeah, going to throw when I was yeah. going to throw when lightning strikes on there, but I, but I didn't. So, yeah, um, but this is why I found this one to be difficult. I, I didn't have that much of an attachment to him. So I was a lot of the songs I picked were because in my theory, I wanted a song by him, a song by him, a song by yep. him. Then the yep. singles, Yep. then the opener. Well, this song is the closer. Then these are the songs I like. Then it's like, shit, I don't really have room for these. Yep. I'm no, like, I, 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 I want to kind of surprise. The other thing we could have done, and I want to make mention of this. That would have made sense, but it's not really on an album. Is the uh, soundtrack Detroit Rock City single? Oh God, nothing can keep me from you. Yikes! It, it could have been in there as the ballad in the in the concert, but that's, it's not really on an album. Right, and that's also might be worse than I finally found my way. <laughs> but that, but that's that's Paul's version of "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" from Aerosmith. That's, no, I agree with you, but I'm saying that it could have went in this set list, but it wasn't on one of those albums. Right. That's right. why we didn't put it on here. Right. No, you're so, right. You're right. But so, yeah, yeah, that's the end of the real Kiss Alive series for now. Who knows if we get creative in the future, but for now, that's it. Yeah, we're going to get all sorts of shit for the songs. And then I, my favorite thing is going to be, oh, okay, yeah, those are bad, yeah? Okay, you tell me, you pick out the fucking uh, free bird that you found that we didn't pick or the stairway to heaven that we missed out on to put in, to put in, you know, within. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't take fucking, uh, you know, 
uh, Dream On from Aerosmith. Instead, I picked fucking Stand or Yes, I Know. There's oh. nothing else, really. This is kind of like, well, what's your favorite type of ice cream? It's subjective. I'm anxious to see what people think of these set lists in general. Would they, is this something that they would want, or do they think it was like a kind of a, we laughed about it, but, you know, we had some fun with saying how much of a slog it was to get through it. I wonder if there's people out there that, that will enjoy putting their set list together. Cause I know there's people out there that love all three of these albums. So good luck. I want to hear it. I want to see I them. love them because they're Kiss yep. albums. Exactly. Right. So right. They're better than fucking 90% of the albums that came out during this era. So I agree. That's true. I agree. Yep. Well, there you go. That was Real Kiss Alive 8. Yep. I hope you like that one. And we'll see what we do further down the road. But I think that wraps it up, Tom. We've had fun with those. And uh, I'm, I hope you guys enjoyed this one as well. Mm-hmm. Hi, this is Ed Spangenberg of ClickTeaShop.com. And for all your shouted out loud cast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At Click T Shop, you can find lots of Kiss inspired t shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. We usually move on over to questions. We got a question this week? We do. We got a new question from our good friend Lance Lumley. Big fan of the show, and we like his questions, and we like his interactions all the time. So this is a good one. I thought he was lovely. Well, his email doesn't include the lovely. That's only his Twitter handle, but I'll call him lovely Lance Lumley. Ah. Um, So he says, a lighthearted kiss question. Hey, guys, we know that Gene Simmons from Kiss was a teacher before he joined the band. My question is, which Kiss member in any of the years would you like to have as a substitute teacher for the day and why? Then he says, my pick would be Bruce because he seems so cool and to be down to earth while still keeping order in the room without chaos. Pandemic Paul would be at recess or lunch duty enforcing social distancing rules. So he would be busy. In my opinion, Ace would never show up. Peter would seem like that mean sub that would yell at you for even whispering. Gene would spend more time telling you the student. How to get rich in schemes. What say you guys? Good yeah. one. Zeus, what do you got? Oh, as a person who used to torture substitute teachers. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I told you about the chocolate bond, the white pants substitute teacher. Right? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the girl's like. Oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. I'm like, what? What? I didn't do anything. The fucking poor lady was like about to cry. Had white pants on, and I put a fucking melted chocolate bar on the chair, and she sat on it. What is the matter with you? Why are you such a horrible person? (laughs) (laughs) She just looked at me like, why would you do this to me? And I was like, uh. Because I'm a dick. (laughs) I was a punk back in high school. Because I'm a freak. Because I'm a freak. My answer is easy, but you go ahead. No, for me, Tom, I think Lance set up the question. He answered it himself. I think he gave an, an excellent, excellent breakdown. He's absolutely right. Paul would be like enforcing the rules, trying to tell everybody that you need to be like this or this and that, screaming at you. And he'd be like, fuck out of here. You're the sub. Get the fuck out of here. Bruce would probably be even kill like, you know, okay, well, this is the assignment you guys you know, work on if you want. If you don't, you know, just do your own thing. He'd probably be the only one that'd be cool about it. Ace would be shit-faced. 
Oh, he'd wow. be the teacher that drinks. He'd, he'd, he'd have like gin in his little in his little sippy bottle. Little known fact, Tom, I don't know if you remember this, but I subbed for a little bit when I was in law school. Oh, God. And, and I did this. And uh, yeah, many times uh, for that one semester while I was in law school, and I would sub. I was what they call hungover and just sat there and was like, and one of the kids went up to me like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know when you oh, get the the beer sweats, yeah. <laughs> you're just sweating out like Milwaukee's best, and you're just like, oh, fucking, uh, Mr. Pian, is you smell like Coors Light? Is everything okay over there? <laughs> you smell like my uncle Fred when he comes over. Oh, um, yeah. Pew. So Ace would be a fucking mess. Peter would be completely a fucking annoyed, like annoyed. Just the fuck up, swearing at kids. Get in trouble for like punching a kid or something. I was gonna say Peter would be the kind of kid like do you start in like those eighties movies where he'd punch a student. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the fucking the guy from uh, what do you call it there? What's the movie? The Ozark when the when that I remember they started showing the brother. Her brother was like back in school. He had like he was like schizophrenic or bipolar. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah. said somebody's outside punching a fucking student in the face. Yeah, <laughs> not realizing how bad that is. That's yep. Peter. And I think Bruce would be normal. Gene, I may like him because he probably seemed like somebody that would know a lot of things about uh, know a lot about a lot of things, and yep. I probably like that. So it's either be Bruce or Gene. Okay. So it's funny, both of you didn't mention my pick, which would be Tommy. I think Tommy would be the chill, cool. I've always been a fan of Tommy. I just think he's a chill guy. I think he's cool. Forget about what he does in Kiss. I just, I just, I just think he's got a cool personality from what I've seen and read and heard. And I think he'd, I think he could manage a class. And I think he wouldn't, he wouldn't erupt. You wouldn't blow up at anybody. I don't think anybody would take advantage of him. I just Here's the saw- discussion, Tom. Here's yeah. my discussion. Okay. My breakdown. Okay. Tommy and Bruce are very similar. Agreed. So I can see either one of them being like that. The yeah. thing with Tommy though, is Tommy's got that military background. Exactly. His father is like that. I wouldn't want that. He's like, he, I want him for to be in kiss. Cause he's always on time. He's always prepared. He's professional. He's ready. I don't want a fuck that's gonna a sub that's gonna be fucking like that. I want to have fun. I think. Bruce yeah, but I don't think. Like, I don't. I don't think he would be slapping you in the frigging knuckles with a ruler like a he, like a drill instructor or anything. I think he would be like, hey, you. If you're not gonna do this, then I'll have to send you to the principal. I think you would kind of like still have that more. That's my I personality. Even, see, I want. I want. I think Bruce would be cooler. I don't think it would get. I don't think it would get to the point where Tommy would have to say, hey. I'm going to have to send you the principal. I think the kids would, I think he would create an environment where people would just be chill. I don't know. That just, but I think like Bruce, I think, I think it'd be the chill. Same. Okay. Yeah. And then until like little Zeus in the background, the top someone, when he turned his back and like right on the board and I would be like, fuck you fake freely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Which one of you motherfuckers said it? And then some kid, like, and then some be kid. like, doo, doo, doo. And he turned it back again. Be like, Mister Thayer, you you you're not as bad as that other guy we had. We had Cheater Chris in here the other day. (laughs) Fake freely, you guys all suck. And then he turned his back again, and you'd be like, Fake Ace. Okay, motherfucker, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking if Peter Chris, if somebody called him like a name, like he would probably literally pull out something from his ankle holster and shoot a kid. Oh, how about this? 
Peter's teaching the class. And all of a sudden, someone goes, hey, uh, Mr. Singer, uh, Catman. Oh. <laughs> what did you just call? Would you call me, you motherfucker? Hey, fucko, why don't you see me after class? Um, Mr. Chris, you want to see? Come here, you fuck. It'd be like, it'd be like three o'clock high with fucking Buddy Ravel out in the freaking <laughs> yeah. parking lot. Uh, Eric Singer, I don't know what he would be like. He seems like Eric Singer. He's fucking four feet tall. The kids would be freaking throwing shit off the top of his head. <laughs> I think people would be like, you know what he would be like. I feel like I think the kids wouldn't respect him and just no. like throwing shit. And he'd be like, fuck it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Do whatever no, you he, want. He'd be, he'd be, like, he'd be like, guys, come on, guys, please, come on, kids, please, guys, come on. I think he would be like disinterested, be like, fuck them, let them do whatever they want. I don't give a shit. Like he couldn't control it. But he wouldn't be like crying about it. He'd just be like, fuck it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, anyways, great question by Lance. Very creative. We love that, buddy. Thank you. That was a good one. One, one last person, though. Two other people we got. I think, I think, I think Mark St. John, poor guy, would put out crackers for his lunch break. And, oh, get to a and somebody would kick his ass. And then. Kick his ass, Seabass. And then. Eric Carr. Eric Carr would be chill. He'd be cool. Oh, Eric would be fucking Eric, cool. Eric Carr, he would probably get the kids. He would probably instigate pranks because no, he's like yeah, a funny would, dude. Yeah. I bet you people would be like, you look like you're in a band. Yeah, I'm in a band. I play in this night. I think the kids would like him. Yes. And find him cool and be yes. interested. Yep. Then there's one left. V. <laughs> Vincent. Excuse me, Mrs. Cusano. Uh, it's Mr. Cusano. It used to be Private Cusano. What, what should we call you then? <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, Miss, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Vincent. What the fuck did you just call me? Don't you know who I am? What? Excuse me, Joyce DeWitt. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, is that that same pink blazer you wore on MTV in 1983? Yes. Why do you look like a baby bird embryo? <laughs> ER! ER! Vincent <laughs> walked in and was your substitute teacher. Oh, he'd get pelted with snowballs walking into school. Ouch! Ouch! Throwing things at you? Yes, because he used to wear little tight shorts on the job. Yeah, he wouldn't make it very fast. They started throwing things. At yes, you? because of certain reasons. You know, I used to wear little shorts on the job and whatnot, and they would fire bricks and little pipes and bottles of beer at me and whatnot. No, no, no. Oh, you're right. We see what we can do with. Yeah, see what we can do with that shit, Tom. This Holy shit, maybe we could just turn the whole fucking thing into a friggin' episode now. We'll just make this even longer. Kiss school. <laughs> Kiss college. <laughs> no, it's going to be like junior high. It's <laughs> like punks, but they're still immature and they don't know how yeah. to behave themselves. Oh. oh, good stuff, Lance. Thanks, buddy. You got us going with that one. Tom, I ever tell you about Mr. King from my junior high? Please do. Okay, so Mr. King. First day of class, he was a new teacher. His face was all like he poke mocked. Yeah. He looked like David Johnson. Remember oh, the, the, manager? the manager for the Mets? Yeah. Apparently, he wasn't my homeroom, but the first day of class, he sat on the edge of his desk trying to talk to the kids. Yeah. What ended up happening was probably the worst thing that ever could happen to him. 
So when I went to the junior high in the East, we had all the project kids from the projects in our school at that time. So yeah. we meshed the schools and I started becoming friends with all those punk kids that were oh. into kiss and shit back then. I loved it. But regardless, he sat at the edge of the desk talking. He slipped and fell. Oh, like, shit. like he slipped and fell down. His head ended up in the wastebasket. Everybody fucking laughed. And from that day on, no one had respect to him. Tom, when I tell you this guy was tortured, he quit three quarters of the year out. What? He got so tortured. I'm not, Tom, I, I, am, I will tell you, I was one of just many, many. He would turn his back and write shit on the board. And as soon as he would turn his back, all of us would have marbles. Oh my fucking God. food. Come on, man. I'm not joking. You ask anybody from that junior high, you would hear Tom off the back when he'd go, ah! What is the matter with you? <laughs> and the more and the, and the ironic thing about this is you're a fucking lawyer today. <laughs> wait, wait, there's more. Dude, one kid, like the most easygoing kids, kids that were nerds throughout high school, everything. Would torture him too. Everybody Why? referred to him as King because he was the goofiest, dorkiest man. One point, someone threw an egg at him in class. What? An egg? And Anthony, better known as Tony Shavoni, his real name, like the wrestling announcer, Tony Shavoni. Yep. He had an exacto knife. He threw the exacto knife. Are you serious? <laughs> serious. All right. I think you might want to stop some of these stories. <laughs> he used to have those that blue Dodge. I can't. What are those '80s Dodge cars? And it would like fucking make noise every time he'd leave. He would pull out of the parking lot when he left for school. We would wind up with snowballs as he pulled out his fucking gun. Snowballs. Isn't it amazing when you hear stories like this that the what what what, what we could get away with those in those days? Like you could you could get away with that shit back Dude, then. It would. He was so, uh, he was, he'd be like, even girls, he'd come over and he'd like try to talk to a girl. He'd be so goofy and he'd sit down and be like, oh, and the girl's like, ew, King, your breath sucks. No, oh. he'd, he'd, he'd get all ready. He looked like the California raisin. He'd oh, get all ready and just sit there and like bobble his head and go. He didn't know what to do. He had no idea. Like send him to the principal. I'm going to get you suspended. Nothing. He just took it. And he oh. got fucking people were like, "Hey, King!" <laughs> like, call him King. <laughs> For some apparent reason, one of the students would get water from the bubbler, yep. come back as they're walking back to their seat, would spit the water on the blackboard. Dude, this is like shit from like fucking Lean on Me. <laughs> and like, the water would be dripping down, and he'd come over and be like, "Oh, yeah." Uh, <laughs> He grab a piece of paper towel. He start wiping it down, and he would mumble under his breath. You could tell, like this guy had it. He was at yeah. his last. He go motherfucking cocksucker. You could hear him mumble cocksucker. Oh he go fucking cocksucker. Dude, he got tortured, tortured. Then at the end of the school year, right towards the end, they were, we were doing a play. I don't know for theater arts back then. I had taken a huge cardboard box. I'm talking about the size of me. I made it into a head shaped like him. And with like black wavy hair and a big mustache like him, like the Davy Jones, Davy Jones, David uh, Johnson 
like uh, yeah. the manager. Yeah. And I was doing the school play and I'd walk around like with him. He saw it. He saw me doing that. Two days later, he had quit. He was gone. All of a sudden, they're like, where do you go? Where did King go? And you're, proud, and, you, and you're proud of that. I, this man, oh, to this day, we used to joke about it with our high school friends. As years went on, if I see kids in reunion stuff, we'd be like, do you remember King? And we always say, if we ever saw King on the streets, we would, like, lawyers, doctors, yeah. like, professionals, we yeah. would still stop what we're doing. we like, King! <laughs> King! <laughs> King! Yeah. His name was George King. Poor this George. man was so fucking terrorized. Yeah. So there's so there's a good story, guys. If you didn't think Zeus was a dick already, now you know. <laughs> it wasn't just me. Okay. It was the whole school. The poor man, he couldn't take it. But even now, Tom, I, I if I had like a closing, if I had like a client walk in, like, hey, hi, I need to hire him. Look on King! <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, oh my God, Tom, I'm sorry. I had to tell you the George King stories. One of these days I'll have you talk to one of my friends. You don't believe me. I believe Marbles, you. I love the, I love school stories. Marbles, erasers. He would turn his back and you would hear off the blackboard. Cause we'd all like in the class, no one's paying attention. Everyone's like, what now, now <laughs> don't worry. Next time, uh, next time we'll, we'll start. We'll start swapping stories, Eric, because I got some good ones too. But we 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 will move on from this one. George King. Yep. King. Yep. Anyways, I thought I'd throw that in there. Fun, good, good natured, fun ribbing there. Oh man, poor King. Yeah. Now, if people want to find us and uh, complain to us or file a complaint on us, Tom, how do they reach us? Yeah, the best way to do that is to email Murph. I'll give you his email address. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so our email address, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Email us. Uh, as you heard earlier, we read them on the air. We'd love to hear your stories and uh, the interaction with that. And of course, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter is probably the best place. But, you know, if you some people have their favorite social media outlet, whichever one you choose, we're involved. And on Facebook, we have the group, the loud shout out loudcasters group page, which is awesome. And of course, we have some great uh, gear you can get from our buddy Ed at clicktshop.com. He's the one who designed our awesome logo. And you can also get uh, the shout out loudcast gear from him and also some awesome kiss inspired gear. And of course, we're part of the great Pantheon podcast network of shows. Some awesome shows over there. All different genres, all different kinds of music. Check them out. Tons of great stuff there. Yeah, Tom. And I always tell people they can reach us on DM through Twitter, yes. Facebook, Instagram. But the email is always our favorite, as you can see when we read off our feedback. And that is shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Please go on and give us one of those five star. Star. Child reviews on iTunes and um, anywhere else that you can leave reviews. We also want to thank you for those that got involved with our Patreon uh, account. Uh, please, if you're interested, you have questions that check us out. You can check out the app. You can email us. You can find uh, uh, information on it on Patreon.com or look at the episode notes wherever you listen to this podcast. We have a link to patreon on there so uh again oh and also one other thing tom i want to add is on ed's 
website, you can also get our new retro bonus episode now called Album Review Crew uh, T-shirts. So you can get the new logo with that, and those things are pretty cool. So if that's something that interests you, take a look at that as well. Um, Tom, so lastly, I just want to leave. If anybody has any more information um, uh, about the whereabouts of King, please (laughs) reach out to us and let me know so I can get uh, some of my hoodlum friends from the projects of East Arlington, and uh, we can track him down. Yeah. So, Tom, we always end up our episodes with famous last words. You got any? Oh, God. These are good ones. First of all, if I told you this. This is a kiss song. You wouldn't believe me. No one would believe me, but this is leave the earth to Satan and his slaves, leave them to their future in the grave, make a home where love is there to stay peace and happiness in every day. That is into the void. If you can believe it, I was going to say, is that a Donovan song? What the fuck is that? That's into the void. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'll be there until the end. Oh, no. Count on me. You've always got a friend. I'll be the last when the others are passing you by. King. Six one seven five 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 zero eight fifty. If you know the whereabouts of King, please let us know. Anyway, uh, Kiss Army, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kiss Army. Thank you guys so much, Patreon subscribers. Special thanks to you, but we give thanks to all of you guys. Thank you so much for uh, being involved and part of the family. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.